is up and welcome back to another week's episode of the mall video games podcast uh yeah hope you're excited apologize for the one week delay but we should be returning to normal scheduled program not this week maybe we might have a special episode who knows stay tuned we don't even know what we're doing yet but for sure after this week we will return back to a normal schedule, so we appreciate the patience with our delays, but both of our lives have been busy, and Maxwell's getting married a second time. Crazy, I know. So today we'll be talking more about our top soundtracks, the games we've been playing, as well as some discussion on Forza Horizon 5 and how they've been patching up lately to make the game a little bit more enjoyable and a usable experience as well as the GTA 5 trilogy and some other juicy tech news. Enjoy. Ah. Ka-chow. I'm an old man. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Mo Video Games House of Cheese, House of Juice, Stinky Cheese, Fried Cheese. We're here for it, and today we're back to normal. It's not late night; it's middle of the day. We're not no longer both shit faced off of a singular drink. Exactly. (laughs) So it's going to be nothing but pure. Fun, family, friendly, and friends for friends too. Content. And today, here's a little roadmap. Tell me about it. If you're new to the Mo Video Games podcast, welcome. Shame on you. <laughs> okay, that's that's the the dichotomy we bring here. It keeps it interesting. And uh, lately, we've been doing. We start with the games we have been playing in the previous week. Mm. Then. We jump into, we're in the top 16 video games bracket. We both got head-to-head matchups today, and only one for each of us will survive. So only two will survive. And then, Maxwell got a whole lot of tech news to talk about. Some so of it will be rapid fire, though. Because we got to keep this under a tight hour, like we always do. Always do. We're going to do, do it this time. We're going to exactly. do it this time. We always do. Always. So... How are you? How's it going, Maxwell? You stole my line. <laughs> I'm doing splendiferous. Nothing better than spending a Sunday morning with you. So, oh man, thanks. What What are you drinking there? Mm. I picked out Splurge Hard, the finest roast of coffee I could possibly find in my area. Went to the supermarket, saw this brand I've never heard of, Fulgares. And ah. they had a French roast. So I, be- I believe it's the Folgers French roast. I'm not 100% on that, but I'm pretty confident. Folgers sounds Folgers. French, so. Folgers. It's, I mean, it's not bad. It's not, it's not great, but my, my only complaint about coffee, I know that we talked about this, but like I only, the only coffee I don't like is like watery coffee you know, or wheat coffee, right? So as long as it has Preach. enough flavor, it's good enough for me. Um... <laughs> So I, maybe I, maybe I will start balling out a little bit harder. I don't make coffee too much at home, so I normally just make it at work. Are you drinking any coffee though? I'm not, but I did 
And uh, I'm excited because holiday blends are my favorite. It's something about the way they throw in the smoke and the spices in there for the holidays. So good. So Starbucks uh, holiday blend, uh, probably my favorite. It's the worst. Blend. And then uh, Pete's coffee also has a holiday blend, but Pete's is a dark roast. Starbucks is a medium roast. Oof. So switch it up. You know, I start my day with a medium roast, end it with a dark roast. You know, a little bit mm. lower in the caffeine content, mm. a little bit higher in the flavor. Okay. That's it's high. It's high. Perfect balance. It. Perfect, Perfect balance. balance. Uh, yeah. So I, I started my day with Starbucks holiday roast made by hand in a Keurig. So <laughs> the ultimate craftsmanship possible with a cup of Hiava. Yeah. But it is double filtered water so dang bro i filter it once and then do it again you're not doing the pour over action i i haven't been i've been super lazy um maxwell the problem is i've got some good beans too um you always have good beans i know it's a a horrible it's tragic Um, great we got a shit ton of garbanzo beans. Quick side point. My wife is obsessed with garbanzo beans, a.k.a. chickpeas. And oh, my God. I mean, they're good. I, I understand they are the obsession. Good. But yeah, we, we got beans on beans. I used to eat just rice and then I would stir fry some kale and then um, heat up the garbanzo beans with the kale and just put that in rice and eat that. Legendary. Legendary. It wasn't the most delicious, but it sat very well in the stomach. So <laughs> that's honestly pretty important. So I mean, yeah, it was quick, easy filling. I mean, I thought it tasted good, but it's not like eating. A, I don't know, mega delicious garbanzo beans. The rare second breed <laughs> of garbanzo beans. <laughs> well, uh, that was random. <laughs> for those of you who have been watching the YouTube stream lately. You may notice it looks slightly different today. And I mean slightly. First of all, I'm on the opposite side. So that's completely oh. different. But second oh. of all, we are using Discord instead of Google Meet. Um, finally figured out some audio issues we were having. Uh, but because it's on Discord, I'm actually able to like zoom out a little bit more. So you're getting full frame images frame. of Perfect. myself and Oliver, which means you get to see Chocho going haywire on the cat tower you get to see my cat asleep on the couch like the lazy cat that she is um all courtesy of discord so thank you discord thank you discord bless and thank you for being free yes thank you discord so what have you been playing maxwell and why does it rhyme with forza horizon (laughs) 4 it doesn't And uh, (laughs) I've been playing Forza Horizon 5. And so for those of you with us the past couple weeks, I I had some complaints about Forza Horizon 5. There were some bugs, mainly visual. The online servers had some pretty major issues as well. Performance wasn't perfect. Um, And they finally released the hotfix. I've been playing a lot of Forza Horizon 5, as one does. And I am proud to report, or happy to report, not proud. I have no pride in the matter, but I'm happy. You're proud. I'm so proud. I'm proud of my boys at Playground Games, you know, delivering the goods. Um, Mm. It fixed every issue I had with the exception of one. 
So I can now play on Ultra without having Morrowind graphics, which means I clawed some performance back, which helped quite a bit. I think there were also some performance tweaks in there. My performance seems to be much more stable than it was previously. Um, and they, there was this issue when you played online, if you would disconnect, it would stop your car instantly, um, which would crash. It would delete your skills score um obviously it's really annoying to just be going like 200 miles an hour and stop dead in your tracks all kind of stuff that stuff's all fixed so now you can play online with no issues except the one issue they did not fix yet is how the there's something going on weird with the servers where online players will pop in and out of existence um so you'll find someone you might even pair up with them in a convoy and you'll be going along and then poof they just disappear into the void and this affects online gameplay like the playground games where we play in like tag and infected capture the flag those kind of things it there's a what replaced forza thon live from forza horizon 4 is called forza arcade now and or horizon arcade that's basically unplayable um as a result of this so some of the online features it's no longer game breaking to be online but a lot of the features that you would use the online for still don't work super well that's not a huge thing of what i do it's annoying because i would love to like play the game with oliver and stuff and that's something that's still probably not super feasible with all the online issues they're having but the actual core gameplay in the single player everything that i had an issue with fixed so um nice and it's great it feels so good the game looks incredible i can now fully appreciate how amazing the game looks because my performance is back things are looking normal and it's just, it's fun. I'm no longer getting distracted by weird bugs and stuff like that. So Forza Horizon 5, quick turnaround from what was kind of frustrating to fantastic game minus the online again. Online being a big thing. It had over 10 million players in the first week. Uh, the largest Xbox launch of all times. I talked about on the first day they had four and a half million concurrent players, but it got up to 10 million players across the first week of gameplay. Crazy. It's a lot. The fact that it is included in Game Pass is a huge help there. Um, one of the benefits we've talked about with Game Pass is obviously you get your game out to a wider audience. The problem is now you have to figure out how to capture and keep that audience. If someone had bought a game, they're much more incentivized to stay in the game, especially if it's pretty good. But Halo Infinite is coming out. The multiplayer beta has already been available and free, and there's been way more players in that than Battlefield 2042 or Call of Duty Vanguard, um, and it's receiving very high praise. So now Game Pass, as which is great for Game Pass, great new games coming out, but now you're starting to compete and have that kind of like subscription on-demand effect of, okay, well, I didn't buy this game, so I'll just go switch over to a different game when this one has lost my interest. Um, so it's a new, unique problem for developers and publishers to solve. Um, but it's great for consumers. So. so God bless us. God bless us. Um, but that's Forza Horizon 5. It's awesome. I've three-starred all of the PR stunts. Um, so if you're not familiar with Forza, they have danger signs, speed traps, speed zones, um, and trailblazers, and drift zones. Five. There we go. And the speed trap, you have to go past a point going a certain speed. Speed zone is your average speed through the entire zone has to be above a certain level. Danger signs are big jumps, so the distance you jump matters. Drift zones, you get points for sliding your car. 
And then Trailblazers is one they added later in one of the expansions to Forza Horizon 4. And that's essentially you drive through these gates and then there's just another a finish line on another side of the map. And you just have to get from point A to point B across the map called Trailblazer because you're basically just barreling off road through trees and woods and all that kind of stuff to try to get there as quickly as possible. It's actually pretty fun. Um, I, I like that addition of that game. Mode. But I three start all those things. I've driven all the roads. I got to the Hall of Fame, which is kind of like completing the campaign. And there's still so much content left for me to explore. I barely even touched the Horizon stories, um, which are like little campaign missions that aren't like dedicated races and stuff. So still a lot to go. Forest Rise of Five, great. Also, I beat the main part of Hollow Knight, um, which is basically... Well, I, I want to spoil it, so I won't say what I did. But if you've played Hollow Knight, you know what I mean. Um, that's that. The game? Still great. Still fantastic. I want to go back and play more. I know there's a lot more content I have not touched with. It. Additional optional bosses, um, platforming arenas, uh, alternate endings, um, all that kind of stuff that I would like to go back the reality of how much time I have to play games and the types of games that are coming out that I'm going to want to play. And I want to do a horizon zero dawn playthrough before horizon forbidden West comes out. And I've got Gran Turismo seven come coming out. Obviously Forza horizon five is going to be keeping my attention for a long time. So books are just backed. It's not going to happen. Yeah. Just we'll uninstall see. Now. Just we'll uninstall. Just uninstall it. But hollow Knight, Fantastic. I'm super glad that Oliver convinced me to play it. Kept pushing me through, helping me out, especially in the early stages once I kind of got my footing and everything. Um, Hollow Knight is obviously, there is, well, not obviously, but there is way more lore, way more depth, way more gameplay options than Ori. However, I still put Ori and the Will of the Wisps as a game ahead of Hollow Knight. Because I think as a package, I think it is a much more tight-knit experience you can sit down and play through feel you got a lot out of it and boom you're good to go i i think but by having that reduced scope i think it can polish a few more things but hollow knight has way more like the i guess the ceiling maybe is higher um and there's a lot more depth and lore to go into and bosses and things to do so they're both great for different reasons for me personally i still put ori slightly ahead in like the actual cohesiveness of the game but especially with all the frustrations I had at, in the first like five hours of Hollow Knight. But outside of that, Hollow Knight's been fantastic. So, Or it needs more bosses. I'll, I'll give you that. That's, that's definitely one of the biggest areas they can improve on. Um, because Ori's traversal and platforming is super freaking fun. Um, and yeah, only having three or four bosses in the game is just not... That doesn't allow you to play with... It it as much as you or three or four main bosses i should say in the game but you don't get to play around with your arsenal nearly as much as you do in hollow knight hollow knight's arsenal is a little bit smaller than ori's but it feels like you can do more with it um because of how many different types of bosses there are that force you to use that smaller arsenal in new ways i guess probably the best way to put it but gotta adapt gotta adapt gotta adapt so I understand fully why Oliver put it as his number one game of all time. It is certainly up there in my games. Um, might be a top eight. I would say probably pretty confidently a top 16. 
So, sheesh. There you go. That's what I've been playing. What have you been playing, sir Oliver? I have been playing video games. What about Whoa! you? How many video <laughs> games? Mo video games. That's not a quantity. Well, I guess it kind of is. It's a relative quantity. Um, <laughs> Mo than you. <laughs> that's true, baby. Uh, I uh, I've been playing, 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 playing games. Yep. Started started another Hollow Knight playthrough. Um, nice. Yeah. Actually, wow. Yeah. We didn't talk about this before. Yeah, we haven't. So, breaking news. Do 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 do. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to decide what I'm gonna play next because I'm almost done with. So I beat Dark Souls on New Game Plus, which I was already pretty close to beating it. So that wasn't too long. Just sprinted to uh, one of the last Lord Souls and then killed the Lord Ascender. Um, which, no big deal. No big deal. Yeah, Gwen, the final boss, is the first. my first playthrough. I just went up and pee-pee schmocked Gwen to death. And then this time, it was like, I see why people complain about Gwen, because he gives you <laughs> zero healing windows. He hurts insanely large quantity. Um and then I had heard that if you can parry, it's really good against Gwen. So then I learned the parry and killed him my next try. <laughs> nice. So, yeah, that's... Uh... And I'm almost done with my SL1 run, which is just I don't upgrade my character. So the soul level is your character mm, level in that yeah. game. So SL soul level. Uh, and yet again, only more data to back up my griping about that fucking game. Uh, and like... How people super overinflate the skill difficulty. I was struggling with this boss, the Four Kings, which is supposed to be the Four Kings and Snorlax and Pikachu. We won't use their real name here. Um, okay. Are uh, two of the hardest bosses in SL1, from what I've read. Pretty, pretty hands down. Most people agree on that. And I was just getting schmocked by the Four Kings. Not as bad as uh, Snorlax and Pikachu, but pretty bad. And then I had found one of the heaviest suits of armor in the game and i was like you know what let's just equip it and what did i do killed him next try <laughs> wow or pretty close to it was like it, it it just got to a point where it's just like even though i'm like fat rolling and super slow it's like i they can't one shot me anymore so i can just heal um and then I had enough damage that I could pretty much kill one before the next one respawns. Because that one's, it can be a boss fight if you kill them really slow. Um, but if you kill them fast enough, then you're only really fighting one at a given time. So, okay. so yeah, it's just, yeah. When, when, when you, if you were like new game plus seven, I could see the difficulty being a lot more like uniform across all. Because I don't think you can be as cheesy with your strats. But like, especially on just a standard new game. Um yeah, it's just so dependent on your in-game knowledge and a lot less on your skill, in my opinion. So, But either way, almost done with my SL1 run. Now that I killed him, I only have one last Lord Soul and then Lord Ascender again. Not worried about the Lord Ascender. It's just going to... I mean, I'm probably going to get one Easy. shot, but it's just going to be, can I parry like five times? If I parry five times, he's probably dead. So, um, And yeah, the last bosses. Super annoying, not excited to deal with the last Lord Soul. Um, but it should be much easier than Bed of Chaos, the worst boss I've ever played in a Dark Soul series. If you haven't watched someone play Bed of Chaos, watch Bed of Chaos so you can be like, wow, that looks terrible because it is. Um, 
Lost Izalith is the area that the Bed of Chaos is in, and there's two other bosses. One of them is a reskin of the first boss, which is already reskinned once before in that game. So there's three three skins of one boss in a game. Why? Why do that? Why do that? Cheap. And then the other one, yeah, the whole area is just terrible. It, I think from what I've been hearing more and more, I know that the developer has apologized for the bed of chaos, but now I'm realizing that there's even like releases that are like, yeah, we did not finish developing that area like at all. We weren't even close. Um, so I think <laughs> it sounds like even like FromSoft is just like, yeah, we fucked up with Lost Isleth, um, which is good because they did because it's a terrible area. Normally those areas in those games are really good, but that one, so. Well, game developers fucking up is going to be a theme of today's tech news, just a little teaser, huh. so. Huh. So yeah, I'm not sure what I'm gonna play next. Do you you just come you just can play Forza Horizon Five? I don't even need to ask. Yeah, that'll be the big one. But I'll I Forza Horizon Five is like my ancillary auxiliary additional like side game that I just am constantly playing. So as far as like my main game, with like more story driven, probably be Horizon Zero Dawn because Horizon Forbidden West is Gross. supposedly coming out in February. Um, so that should give me some time to finish it up uh, by the time that rolls around. But Are you going to stream it? You don't uh, have the viewers watch you play? We will see. Like, it, with the way my schedule is and stuff, like, it's so irregular. And for me, I kind of have to be, like, in a certain mindset to stream. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. You'll see. Or you won't. You'll see. <laughs> exactly exactly but yeah that's all i got hype so i guess we gotta talk about games i guess we do soundtracks soundtracks and if i understand correctly it is uh mm-hmm, your week to go first fuck you um no, fuck you all right i don't want to spoil anything but i'm just gonna let you know you already know but i'm gonna let you know I don't know who the U is going to at this point. Koji Kondo is going to win this week. That much is for sure. Hey, uh, my, <laughs> I, I know something else is going to happen. Koji Kondo is going to lose this week. Oh, no. How could this be possible, one might ask? Well, it's because I got Ocarina of Time versus Super Mario 64. Um, both, if you haven't figured out already from the series of implications, by Koji Kondo. Um, yeah, I actually have not thought at all about who I want to win this week, which now that I'm thinking about it, feels horrible. <laughs> um, yeah, both both Nintendo 64 games, both made by Koji Kondo. There's definitely, if you've, if you've played like any Super Mario game or any Legend of Zelda game, a lot of these songs are going to sound really familiar. Everyone knows them. They're they're if you, if you're if you're a gamer, not everyone. I shouldn't be the you don't know you're dumb. Um, but yeah, just very very popular soundtracks. The Legend of Zelda obviously tends to be a little bit more on the folky side, um, and in comparison to Super Mario sixty four to match the outdoor arena, um, or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> uh, so for songs for Ocarina of Time, I probably got to go with Gerudo Valley, but. Mm. I say Song of Storms is also a banger. There's also some good like metal covers of Song of Storms, which I find hype. And then for Super Mario 64, you know I got to say Bomb Bomb Battlefields just because. Yeah, buddy. 
smack so hard. The Dire Dire Docs has probably been one of my faves for a really long time. Um, but I'll yeah I'll it, just listen to them. That's all I gotta say. They're just like yeah I I don't know what to say other than they're literal classics and like some of the most classic soundtracks that you could think of other than like I mean Super Mario Galaxy is just like a newer version of classic Koji Kondo workage right so it's like you can't get more up to date versions with obviously like full orchestras because Nintendo is making quintillions of dollars by the point that Galaxy's coming out so so the question is is who's gonna win because I'm gonna keep it short yeah you're calling them both classics that you're going to brutally murder one of them so Koji Kondo has to lose question is which one do i prefer more so here's my guess okay Hmm. (laughs) it's coming i think i've I've decided so i want to hear your guess my guess is super mario 64 okay well i think i'm gonna pick legend of zelda (laughs) It's funny because I was like, if he doesn't pick Super Mario 64, I bet he'll pick Zelda. <laughs> you're really good at this. Uh, yeah, I'm Here's the best. The, with the Super Mario 64, like you're in, in the game, if you haven't played it, you are essentially like jumping in paintings that put you in the different worlds, right? So there's mm-hmm. there's a lot, I think, larger variety in terms of style in Super Mario 64, which I definitely give props to, and I think he covers it really well. But I would say that there's a lot more like sleeper tracks. Um, in Super Mario 64, where I feel like Ocarina of Time is a little bit more cohesive as a unit all the way through. Also, it is one world, right? It's not like you're jumping from world to world, but I think the cohesion's a little bit better, and I think like the mean performance on it is higher enough to a point that even mm. though Bomb Bomb Battlefield is the greatest song of all time ever made in existence, prove me wrong. Um, I, I think for for those reasons. Yeah, it's just like the I think the Legend of Zelda soundtrack is more consistently good. Not that there's like songs on Super Mario 64 I don't like, but I think that's probably the biggest things I'm thinking of. I'm I'm buying what you're selling. And the problem is, is that it's kind of fucking with who I thought was going to win my matchup this week. (laughs) I mean, it really if it was closer on the mean, then I would probably just let Bomb Bomb Battlefield and Dire Dire Docs carry it all the way to the top. Um, But yeah. I think, yeah, I think I'm I'm choosing Ocarina of Time. I've just been murdering Super Mario 64 on this podcast one by one every time <laughs> it gets to a bracket. I know, constantly like, joking that it's going to be your top game. And then the, know, and the then second it gets, it gets murdered. There. So if you haven't listened to him, listen to him. I, yeah, I don't need to explain them. <laughs> and that's, 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 that's mine, Maxwell. What's yours? What, what, now that I'm done butchering. It's only uphill from here in your criticism. All right. So we're, we're apparently just sticking with nostalgia classics uh, this week. And so I've got Minecraft versus Pokemon, specifically Crystal version. Ooh. You might be asking Maxwell, Crystal version. Why? Let me tell you. Crystal version was my first Pokemon game that I played. Not because I couldn't, I wasn't at an age to play the earlier ones earlier. Uh, my 
parents were not they they didn't want me to get deep down into the pokemon thing at, at a young age so crystal version was the first one i got and i was so freaking hyped and it was so cool because you know like i was that age you're like going out and playing with other kids in the neighborhood we all had like game boy colors and stuff and playing and they all had like silver version and gold version maybe they had like the previous gen with like yellow red or blue and then i come out there with crystal version and it's the first pokemon game when you encounter the pokemon the pokemon moves oh my god what That's a game crazy. changer um so it's just it's one of those cool things you showed everyone so silver and gold came out first crystal version came out later it's still part of the same gen just added some some bug fixes um slightly different uh like you could play as a as a girl which i don't think you could do in silver or gold might be wrong about that um and yeah the pokemon moving and stuff and so like suicune the the pokemon was the cover of that whereas you had the legendary birds for silver and gold ho-oh and lugia luigia luigi (laughs) i I never remember how to pronounce the other one um but uh, yeah i had a dog on crystal version so that that was my my history with, with that particular game put absolute crap tons of hours in it and i think i've mentioned this before maybe when we were doing the top video game bracket talking about pokemon crystal version and that i i made a young young child's error and thought you could have multiple save files so i was like super far into the game had tons of really cool pokemon super high levels and was like all right i want to like just kind of start over from scratch and see and only to realize then that i had erased all of my efforts and work on the previous game file so that hurt ripping pepperoni it hurt it hurt real bad um but i do have a renewed life with pokemon crystal on this beautiful game boy color i've purchased off of your boy oliver over here um in atomic purple universally the best color nintendo ever produced for anything um and that is crystal version sitting in the back there booyah oh oh new new uh save battery put in there so for those of you who don't know there are batteries that power the the save the the volatile save memory so if the battery dies you lose the save really terrible design but hey it's what they were doing at the time and so if you ever buy the, the psa if you, if you don't know this if you're going to buy like an old like game boy color game um swap out the battery before you start a new file because it chances are it hasn't been replaced recently and it's like freaking i don't know 50 cents to a dollar to get one of those batteries and it's just peace of mind to have so you don't worry about like losing your save files and stuff but that's a lot of talk about the game not a lot of talk about the soundtrack so for those of you who don't know i'll kind of i'll kind of pull an oliver here and be like if you know you know you know like pokemon and minecraft are like two of the most popular gaming franchises of all time so if you're into games and you're not familiar with these soundtracks, what do you do? You don't know. You don't know. Um, but if you if you haven't, highly recommend checking out both the games and the soundtracks because um, these are fire. They're definitely good things to know in the gaming industry. Uh, so Pokemon Crystal. Let's dive a little bit into that. So I am going to butcher this pronunciation, but Junichi Masuda was the composer. And in doing background on Masuda, I found out that he's worked as a programmer and a composer on a lot of Nintendo titles and is basically the composer for all of the Pokemon games, um, effectively. So uh, 
pretty cool stuff, uh, pretty iconic stuff there, and the programming and the game design and all that kind of stuff. And so he, there was some older games. So there was Mario and Wario, Pulse Man, Pokemon Red, Green, and Blue, where he was the composer and programmer. Um, same with Pokemon Yellow, Golden and Golden Silver. He was a subdirector, composer, sound effects, game designer, U.S. coordination. Um, same with Pokemon Crystal, co-director actually of Pokemon Crystal. Blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. And actually became full director of Pokemon Ruby and Sapphire, Fire Red and Leaf Green. So this guy is involved in the Pokemon games. Knows what's up. If I was picking songs, it they, they're not fancy song names. So the Pokemon Center, when you walk into a Pokemon Center, that music is just iconic. And it is, it's a, it's so hopeful and playful and cheerful. And that's by design because Pokemon Center is where you go to heal your Pokemon and also swap out. It's one of the places you can swap out the the Pokemon that are in your party for battle. Um, so like you just you get through this rigorous route of a bunch of trainers and wild Pokemon and you survive by the skin of your teeth. And there's only two Pokemon that haven't fainted. And they only got a couple HP left. And you walk in that Pokemon Center and you know it's all going to be OK. You're going to be taken care of. Pokemon are going to be fine. Um, it's like really taking me back right now. Yeah, you hear it all the time Beautiful. in the game. It's it's probably it's probably the the music you will hear the most frequently, um, aside from variations of like battle music. Um, but there are more variations with that depending on the type of trainer, what route you're on. Um, is it a final battle? Is it a championship? All that kind of stuff. Which brings me to the other song I would put on my top list, which would be the championship battle music um, specifically for Pokemon crystal, which is the same music that is played when you go against trainer red, who's really Ash. We all know it's Ash, but they call him trainer red in the game. Um, It's basically the super boss like post game content after you beat the elite four. And then you go on to face Lance, the champ, the current champion. And so that's where you first hear the music and then you go and eventually you can encounter Pokemon trainer Red, who's really Ash, and he's got like Blastoise, Charizard, uh, Venusaur, Pikachu, um, Epsion, and Snorlax, I think, are, are his six Pokemon. They're all like in the high 70s, 80s for level. So it's a really epic, like final post game. Like you have really mastered the game, and the music is super epic. It's just something, it's like the initial Elite Four and like beating the champion and becoming the Pokemon champion is like beating the main game. And so it's really epic to get that achievement. And then same when you're fighting uh, Trainer Red. So those are my top two in there. Tons of iconic music. All of the different towns lavender town is a really iconic one um, which is full of a lot of ghost pokemon and ghost stuff so it's got this really eerie sound to it and stuff and it really does a good job of kind of highlighting what each area is when you go into caves and ruins and stuff there's all different sounds that kind of evoke what you're supposed to be feeling so pokemon now minecraft composed by german musician Daniel Rosenfeld, also known as C418. And supposedly, uh, he, back when Notch was like initially working on Minecraft and stuff, like just at some expo, met up with this Dan, Daniel Rosenfeld who was like working on some other stuff and they kind of talked to him like, hey, you know, like, hey, you want to compose some music for my game? Yeah, sure. Okay, whatever. And apparently, C418, uh, Daniel uh, was given like complete creative freedom. Nods was basically like, yeah, do it, do whatever you want, do whatever feels right. And so it just kind of went ham 
uh, on the Minecraft music. And Minecraft is definitely, so this is very similar to what Oliver was talking about. So Super Mario 64, very curated, different, a lot of variety based on the areas. That's what Pokemon would be. So at each city you walk into, encounter you have, um, building you walk into, very different and a lot of variety. Whereas Minecraft is more like the Zelda Ocarina of Time. It's very environmental, ethereal, super like it, you're all in the world of Minecraft. You're not like going into different worlds. So it serves a very similar purpose to uh, Zelda. Although I think Minecraft, because it is so open ended as a sandbox, is even less focused than Zelda would be. It's a very just kind of like you're in the world and <laughs> you're doing your thing. But you're mining man, and crafting. You're mining and crafting. But man, is that the probably best like background music in existence? I it's hard for me to imagine. I, I've listened to like several different like best video game soundtrack like backgrounds to like play while you're doing other things and stuff like that. And it's just hard to imagine anything that's more relaxing, but also exciting and interesting than the Minecraft music, especially just how well it kind of, I guess, uh, represents what you're doing in the game and what you should be doing. Um, yeah, if I had to pick a couple songs from that, actually be a few, three songs to be precise, uh, Living Mice, Mutation, and Moog City 2. Moog City 2 probably being my favorite one. It's just got some crazy, like, weird arpeggios going on. It's got some crazy chords going on in there. Um, it just it sits right. It sits deep. It's got a really cool sound space soundscape, you know, trying to be all booga booga. Um, but that's, uh, that's Minecraft. Also, Minecraft is the best-selling game of all time. Uh, so you throw that in there as well, and you can't become that popular without having a banger soundtrack. It's just facts. It's it's facts. Uh, same with Pokemon. So again, these are two absolute classics, absolute bangers. And first round, one of them's got to go. And so initially, well, I guess what's what's your guess, Oliver? Which one do you think I'm gonna I'm gonna choose? Well, from what you said, you were originally thinking Pokemon, and then you changed it to Minecraft. But I so so which one at this point do you think I'm going to choose? Well, I think you should pick Minecraft. Or sorry, Pokemon. Mm. So you think I should pick Pokemon? Why do you think that? I think Pokemon's better. <sighs> you heard it here first from him, not from me. But I'm in complete agreement. Pokemon's the winner. Um, Pokemon slaps so fucking hard. I mean, I do like the Minecraft soundtrack, and it is good, and it fits. I think it fits the game really fucking well. But Pokemon does it all. Gets the blood boiling. Gets the mysterious juices flowing. Gets tension, excitement, relief. Anything you can feel, the Pokemon soundtrack makes you feel it. <laughs> it's facts, baby. Um, yeah. So so Pokemon wins. Minecraft is amazing. Um, but yeah, just doesn't doesn't cut it. I'll I'll go listen to some Minecraft while I'm doing some homework today, in in honor of it's <laughs> my fallen friend. Um, yeah, but just like that, boom, two absolute legends, Minecraft and Super Mario sixty four, out of the top sixteen video game soundtrack bracket. So, ripping pepperoni, ripping pepperoni, which brings us to. 
tech news. We'll we'll start with some rapid fire. <laughs> Mark, so we've talked about with the PS5 that Mark Cerny, before the PS5 was released, did a technical deep dive into the new hardware and components of the PS5. And it's like an hour long. It's a presentation to a lot of developers, so it's very technical. But he just went on Wired and did like a 15-minute, much more high-level description of what they did with PS5 and why they did it. And I think it's a much more interesting watch. So if you're not into like the super nitty-gritty technical details, I'll link it in the YouTube description. But Wired Mark Cerny interview about PS5 is definitely a much better way to kind of, if you want to know more about PS5 and some of the, the cool tech behind it. Um, Hollow Knight is coming to Dead Cells. Um, so two games that Oliver loves. Um, it's coming as free DLC. I don't think the actual main player character is coming from what it seems like the nail and the move set from Hollow Knight will be available to the main character you play as in Dead Cells. I understand, but that's a cool mashup. Apparently, the Dead Cells developers are like obsessed with Team Cherry and Hollow Knight and absolutely love it. As most people, especially trying to create platforming action adventure Metroidvania like games, look to Hollow Knight as like, wow, that's great. And Good then game. copy it like Ori did. Exactly. To the T. Straight of copy to the T. Um, sidebar, just so you know, we're kidding. One, we're kidding. Two, especially now that I've played both, just like Oliver has. There's, they're like so different. They're like, they're very different games. They're literally the same game. What are you talking about? Exactly. So I can't honestly, when I was playing Ori, I thought I was just playing Silk Song. So, ooh, Silk Song, which now I get to be hyped for as well. So, I'm, and I'm then glad to be. Ori in that ended in six hours. So, I was like, this isn't Team Cherry. <laughs> um, fun fact: uh, PS5 owners actually prefer buying games retail rather than buying them and downloading them to their console now Mm. i believe the retail sales was given as a sales figure and so it could be buying digital codes from retailers uh i don't have actual confirmation on that but the gap is actually widening and that might be partially driven by gamestop um I mean, I just recently bought two physical games from GameStop, which is something I haven't done in a very long time. But the the gap used to be, I don't remember exactly. Yeah, I, I shouldn't quote a number I don't remember. Um, but it's now three to two. So for every two digital downloads, there are three games or codes purchased via retail um and the gap has been widening so it was kind of shrinking for a little bit which is why both microsoft and sony released discless versions of their consoles because things are moving digital but the gap is starting to widen again a little bit so who knows why that is thought it was kind of interesting so it was ps5 owners specifically so there you have it um yeah, that's, I guess, all the quick ones I have. Now it's time for some very exciting things. We'll start off exciting. Apple is finally on the right to repair train. Hallelujah, Took sweet baby Jesus. Um, if you didn't hear, Apple announced they are going to start fully supporting self-repair um, by making the technical 
resources you need to know how to do it and the physical components necessary available to regular consumers not even doing third party which is all we were asking for like just allow us to not have to go to apple to get our devices repaired but they're like you know what you can fucking do it yourself (laughs) it's like their attitude it's starting off with some of the simpler things simpler quote unquote but like displays camera modules um and batteries i think are like the three main things they're starting off with that you can buy direct oem from apple and get the resources you need to repair it yourself um which are the three most important things that fail on a phone so that's huge and that's most of the things people would feel comfortable repairing themselves anyway but huge from when we started at the iphone 12 release where people were buying two brand new iphones without any issues out of the package swapping the displays and them not working properly because of how difficult it was to repair it to now where they're fully openly supporting people repairing it themselves hot damn what is very nice took them long enough but very nice i know it's a it's a positive trend it's everything is driven by dollars and cents as we talk about on here so they obviously saw a reason to do it. I don't know if they felt the brand image was getting hurt as a result or if they actually saw tangible things happening or it was just enough of a push in the whole things with like the, uh, I can never remember the names of these organizations, whatever government organization voted to basically support right to repair. Um, that kind Apple. of stuff. Apple, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. Sounds, that, sounds like the OEM battery is going to cost three times the cost of the buy. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you can repair it yourself, but you got to buy a $900 battery if you want to fix it. It's honestly what I'm expecting. I mean, not literally that bad, but like if they're going to sell OEM parts, it's not like they're going to sell them cheap. It's Apple. It's going to be so expensive. It will be, but it will be cheaper than having Apple repair it, which is key. For sure. Like you'll be able to at a minimum save on labor um, over what you would be doing. And it might mean, I don't know details on this, but it might mean that you'd be able to more easily use third-party replacements to do it. Like like you used to be able to do. Um just buy a third-party replacement. Like I remember my wife had the old iPhone SE that was in the form factor of the iPhone 5 and she cracked the screen right before we were about to get new phones and I bought for $30 it came with the new display and all of the components and hardware and tools you needed to replace it for 30 freaking dollars came like next day on Amazon. And that night I had it replaced and it works perfectly and still does to this day. She still uses it for like her animal crossing mobile game and it still works perfectly. So we need to get back to that time. That was the golden age of right to repair. Um, it's only been downhill since then. Literally until now. On that upward swing, Microsoft doing as well. Um, is there anything else before we start absolutely shitting on people? No. Do you have anything positive before we start shitting on people? Or anything exciting you want to share with the with the group here? No. No. Nothing at all. Ready we just killed people. Koji Kondo, so it's it's all depression now. I just put him on an altar too. <laughs> exactly. So conflicted. All right. Well, let's start with the game shits. Uh, so I, I shit on Forza Horizon 5 last week and I talked about the beginning of this podcast why they've redeemed themselves a pretty hefty amount. Still doesn't excuse what happened and that there's still issues, but it is not nearly as bad as some of the other things we've seen lately. And I don't think it warranted much, if any, of a delay. Like the fact that they were able to pretty much fix most of the issues like a week out from release 
is kind of like, okay, there was maybe just the scope of what they were trying to do was more than what they expected. Again, not giving them too much of a pass, but like, okay, it's not like cyberpunk where the game is still fucking broken like 12 years later. Um, so well, we'll slight give them hyperbole. a little bit of a pass. Uh, it's slight hyperbole, but slight, which is, I think, an oxymoron because hyperbole means like super extra and large. So to be slight hyperbole, I don't think it's possible. It's less. <laughs> it's, 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 you take hyperbole and you're like, eh, just eh, down just a little I mean, bit. I mean, we all know Cyberpunk came out 11 years ago, not 12. Past that, spot on. Exactly. Thank you. But there are some people that have been shit out we we talked about last week how grand theft auto the trilogy the definitive edition uh came out to an incredibly rocky release and <laughs> now ha, 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 an incredibly rock star release and oh. oh oh so rockstar is the developer of the the grand theft auto series but they importantly did not specifically develop the remastering with the definitive edition that was given to the people who created the mobile port of the games and it was overseen and published by rockstar Rockstar has now come out and publicly apologized for what occurred and the terrible state the games were in. And they had previously delisted the original versions of the Grand Theft Auto trilogy that they had released a while ago and replaced it with the Definitive Edition. So now they have relisted it and everyone who bought the Definitive Edition gets the original trilogy free of charge. Um, so they are at least somewhat righting the wrong. Um, that is a much more inexcusable thing to get to the point that it happened. And the fact that people paid, I think what $60 or some ludicrous amount for this remastered version. And they're basically getting these old ass games again, um, for as kind of like a, oops, sorry, is kind of a bittersweet, uh, I guess resolution. It's not really resolved, but, um, I mean, I, I shouldn't be talking. I mean, I was one of those dumbasses who paid $60 for the, the Super Mario remasters that are basically the original game, but at least that worked. <laughs> those games functioned. Um, and I was very happy to play them on a modern console um, without emulation. Well, without, I like, think those are fine. frowned upon emulation, yeah. And they do look pretty good. They The high definition and stuff, they do look yeah, pretty they nice. Yeah, they, they, they put a little a small paintbrush on it. A whole wiggy walk, if you will. A little good <laughs> Um, So yeah, Rockstar, we know you didn't specifically develop it, but you oversaw it. You had to have looked at that game at some point. You fucked up. Um, Call of Duty finally introduced their new Ricochet anti-cheat software. And you can get your entire Call of Duty account banned for life if you have an extreme offense um so based on the severity of the uh, offense they might just ban you for uh, like 72 hours whatever all that kind of stuff but for an extreme offense which i think they outlined is kind of like involving other people probably some form of harassment and slash repeated offenses but they they will go so far as to prevent you from ever playing a call of duty game again and you won't be able to play any previous call of duty games they will wipe you from the system completely for all time, which I thought is pretty epic. It's pretty cool to talk about how you actually enforce that with how easy it is to create 
new identities and accounts. I don't actually know and spoof IPs and that kind of stuff. Someone who knows technical stuff, maybe it, maybe they can enforce it, but it certainly makes you lose everything you'd ever built on accounts in the past. So it's an inconvenience. My prestige level. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, it'll just cheat their way up to prestige again. I was going to say, yeah, if you're already cheating, I don't think you're worried about shit like that. But it's interesting to talk about. But apparently, so the, the game itself doesn't have many issues with it, except for the fact that it's published by Activision. And uh, whoopsie, Activision uh, has been kind of... I, I don't I, I don't want to say what I'm going to say, but they, they, they've been bad people, um, bad boys, especially um, they had a lot of sexual harassment, misogyny, um, inequality in the workplace, um, terrible to work there, blah, 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 nepotism, you name it. If it's bad, they've done it in publicly and there's been little repercussion. Uh, Jim Ryan, the president and CEO of PlayStation. Um, has openly reprimanded them in a letter to the company and xbox's phil spencer um has also recently done the same and xbox has said they're reevaluating their relationship with activision as a result of all of this that has happened and sony has not explicitly said that but they no longer advertising call of duty vanguard on the playstation store so you can still buy it but it's a brand new call of duty game and it is not being advertised on the front page at least so some actions being taken ish kind of um sucks for the people that have to go through it all of the good employees and developers at activision um that they have to go through this and deal with the consequences that are not directly their fault it sucks for the consumers who love the call of duty franchise um but might have that hurt in some way as a result um it's just it's not good for anybody ever have this happen it's good it's getting attention and hopefully some good will come of it but uh yeah not great it's a bad time bad time bad time for everyone and then battlefield 2042 has officially entered the top 10 steam worst reviewed games of all time i didn't even know there was a 2042 it's the most recent Battlefield, um, and it's, I think, number eight all-time worst-reviewed game on Steam right now, um, or at least it was the time I looked it up. They have... So there was an open beta not that long ago, and all of the people who played it were like, you need to delay this game. Like, there are a lot of issues. And then EA did not delay the game um, because Classic. money. And uh, so... EA, not strangers to controversy and shitty game launches, launches Battlefield 2042, and it is a shitty broken mess that is missing tons of features and game modes that have been in previous Battlefields, and there, if you go on the subreddit for Battlefield, there's just like tons of posts with lists of all of the things that are omitted and the issues with the games. The game is terrible. People are getting trying to get refunds in every way, shape, and form possible. Terrible launch. Um, I don't know who actually developed it because I think EA would be the publisher. Um, I don't know how much, I don't know who is what's fault because it gets really messy with who is pushing who to actually release a game that shouldn't be whose fault it is. It's not our place to put the blame, but the game should not have been released in a shitty state. 
and is now entering the infamy of all other EA games like Star Wars Battlefront 2. Um, just to name it's developed by DICE. DICE, that makes sense. EA. Yeah. Yep. Also, uh, this just goes to show how baloney reviews are. The 2042 battle, like the, the front page for it, all the reviews are like, 9 out of 10, 10 out of 10, best game I've ever fucking played. Like, holy cow. I know. Are, are any of Writer, them from real like, review. reputable like sources? IGN, Digital Trends, Tech Radar, Games Radar. Oh, yikes. Yeah, they're like, all the major outlets give it great reviews. It, it's interesting. That's a good point to bring up because um, there's a YouTuber called Plumbella who is a big Sims YouTuber. Um, and so my, my wife is in the Sims, but watch a lot of her stuff, as have I. And she talked a lot about, especially the Sims 4 release, another EA product. EA just, wow. If, if there could be a horse video game company, Activision figured it out somehow to be worse. <laughs> um, but EA is a very close second. And... The Sims 4 was a, a barren wasteland of features in comparison to The Sims 3. And so The Sims 4, a lot of like review outlets that don't spend a lot of time with the game, aren't super involved, would give it decent scores. Um, but then the people, the users who actually play the game, are invested in it, care about it. That's really... I think user scores are... And we've talked about review bombing before, so yeah, we won't like, go into they're that. They're not always reliable. <laughs> but when there's not review bombing happening, it's typically a more fitting, excuse me, <laughs> um, more fitting representation of how the game is. Now, that's not to say that people who haven't played the game shouldn't have an opinion on the review because there will be lots of people inevitably that come to the game for the first time. And Plumbella with The Sims 4 talked about that too. A lot of people who hadn't played the previous Sims came into The Sims 4, absolutely loved it because they didn't have something to compare it to or had these expectations. And it's kind of what we talk about with the Far Cry 3, Far Cry 4 effect. I came into Far Cry 4 first. It was like, wow, this game's amazing. I love it. If you play Far Cry 3, you play Far Cry 4 and be like, I played this game before. Like, they added a helicopter and now they've called it a new game. Like, big freaking whoop. So... There, there's room for everyone's opinions and as with anything in life you should listen to a lot of people and a lot of different opinions to to form your own and figure out if it's something that's right for you um but uh yeah the the people who care about battlefield and spend tons of hours in it and money buying cosmetics and all those kind of things not happy with the game so it's not good for dice in the ea at a minimum well ea has made enough mistakes for themselves over their time so they certainly what's have. another one we want to talk about something interesting moving on to the next topic uh we've talked we've, we've done one game awards review so far on this uh podcast and so let's talk discussion about more awards. than review but <laughs> that's true yes um so i i i didn't know this but the games that can be considered for the game awards have a any game that is released before November 19th for this year is the cutoff of who could be considered eligible for a game award. But if you are on the panel, the jury um, from the industry that nominates games to be, you have to submit by November 4th. 
So if a game was, you know, released between November 4th and November 19th, um, it would still be considered eligible, but most people haven't played it, so it probably won't get nominated, but it's also ineligible for the next year. So it just kind of gets left at the wayside. And what game would fit into that category, might you ask? Forza Horizon 5. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Forza Horizon 5 released on November 5th and was not included on a Game of the Year or many of the categories nomination when it is one of the most played with most concurrent players games to release um, and representative of a very large genre of gaming. Um, But Jace basically got shit on by that. Now you can, if you're on the jury, submit changes up to November 11th, which is still eight fucking days before the actual cutoff for games. Um, So That's so ridiculous. So I got I got to give Adam props for shitting on the Game Awards um, because there's definitely some validity there. I I think the Game Awards do a lot of cool and good things as well, um, but that is ridiculous. Like, who decided that you're gonna have the cutoff for the game eligibility after the cutoff for when you need to submit your nominations? So games that you may have not played, especially in November when there's a lot of huge AAA releases, typically. What I call straight fucked up, bro. <laughs> well, and it takes a while to get through. Like, you got to put in a decent amount of hours to get a good feel of how the game's going to be, right? So it's not even like you just want it to be the same day. Like, I'd say you got to give it at least two days so you could get, you know, like, if you did nothing else, right? Just got like, I don't know, 10 to 15 hours in, then then I feel like you can feel decent about your opinion. But maybe not all the way, but... And that's another issue with a lot of game reviewers. Um, they get a lot of flack for not playing the game enough. Um, so, yeah, I wanted to share the game awards there. Uh, you can shit on Streamlabs a little bit. So, for those of you who have ever tried to stream um, content while you're playing on your computer, are familiar with something called Streamlabs OBS. I and many other very popular and famous successful streamers you're part of that group (laughs) well i said them separately but yeah i'll I'll take it yeah i'm part of that group um assumed that streamlabs partnered with obs um because of the name but what recently happened is streamlabs released a web page for a new feature that uh mimics a company called lightstream and what they do um and there's a bunch of images and tweets with the two web pages next to each other. And Streamlabs copied the exact layout and even copied reviews that were listed at the bottom of the page. Um, they were verbatim the exact same what? review wording. Yeah. So obviously some something wrong there. Streamlabs later came out was like, oh, that was a template um, that wasn't meant to be published. But. It doesn't change the fact that you were straight up copying. (laughs) Like just because you were going to change it a little bit doesn't change the fact that you're you're straight up copying someone else to try and promote your name. And then all the companies started piling on. So Elgato released the Stream Deck. It's one of the most popular tools for streamers. You have it on your deck. You have buttons that you can assign shortcuts to for lighting and transitions and sound effects and all that kind of stuff. Um, Then Streamlabs released the stream deck after elgato calling it the same thing which now it's just called the stream labs deck which is still basically the same thing um 
But most of all, OBS came out and was like, we are not affiliated with Streamlabs. Streamlabs reached out to us to ask if they could use the OBS name, and we politely declined. And then Streamlabs used it anyway and filed a trademark. Jesus. So Streamlabs, you can do everything that Streamlabs does in OBS. Some of it, Streamlabs does have some nice things that make it a little bit easier to do some things. But I implore you, not that we have a huge audience or following, but I would not use Streamlabs anymore if possible. Switch back to OBS. Is what Streamlabs did with OBS illegal? No, because Stream OBS is open broadcast software. It is open source. People can take it and do with it what they want. But everything they've done is incredibly shady and shitty, should not be supported. So if you can, don't support them. Don't use their products. Preach. Thank you for attending my other TED Talk. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then I will end on Halo Infinite. Best game of all time. Okay, first of all, it looks great. Uh, the, the year they spent additionally in the oven seems worth it. Um, well, cooked. well cooked. Well cooked. Uh, Digital Foundry um, has released some videos on it. They seem very impressed with it. And most importantly, they are very happy to report that it is not falling into the Far Cry open world formula. Um, that it actually seems more kind of like a god of war um size and scope where it's fairly linear but you have some other side objectives and stuff that you can do optionally but not this huge clusterfuck of a map of objectives and pointless quests and every optional quest they say feels meaningful and that you get something important or worthwhile your time out of it so number one that was a concern i had great to hear that it that probably won't be a huge issue um so thank you to 343, I think, who is developing it, um, and Microsoft for having the balls to delay your console launch game. Like, we're, we're talking about so many other games on here that should have been delayed, should have, shouldn't have had these issues, and Microsoft took their top IP that was going to launch their new console, Game Pass, all these things, and delayed it an entire fucking year in the service of quality, and it seems to have largely paid off. So... Is there a buck coming in? Ish. Not really. Um, the, the biggest but is, and Digital Foundry talked about this, is the cutscenes are kind of broken right now. Um, so on Xbox Series X, you can run it in quality mode at 60 frames per second or performance mode at 120 frames per second. So first of all, awesome that normally quality mode is 30 frames per second with performance at 60, but those are doubled. So that's just, that's, you love to see it. Um, but the the cutscenes are at 30 frames per second, but not consistently either. They're like kind of oh, broken. Oh, yeah. Um, and they, they say it really takes you out of the immersion when you're playing a super smooth, even 60 frames per second, let alone 120 frames per second, and boom, cutscene, and it's just kind of like something's broken. Um, but that it seems fixable um, pretty quickly, so minor, minor gripe. The biggest issue with it is the Xbox Series S. And we've talked about this before. Um, the Xbox Series S was a mistake. It happens sometimes, you know? Now, I won't say it's a full mistake because I understand there are a lot of people out there that 
um, would love to save a couple hundred bucks on a console and don't have a huge 4K display, high refresh rate, all that kind of stuff. So there is a market for it. I 100% understand. Um, but I think Microsoft could have done a little bit better with it because it seems to still be severely limited. Um, so it runs... So Xbox Series X in quality mode is running at 4K 60 frames per second. It's dynamically scaled, so it's not always hitting 4K, but 4K 60. And Xbox Series S is 30 frames per second, 1080p, not hitting 1080p, um, which in 2021 is just... There's it's not a, a lot. Of, yeah, there's not there's not a lot out there that is like that. Um, so it's just kind of it's interesting, and especially I mean Xbox is going down the whole X Cloud gaming and and all that kind of stuff route, so that might become less important eventually. We'll see. And like I said, there's still obviously a market for cheaper consoles, but not a huge market because you can literally buy them online and in stores there are i every time i'm looking for consoles you can always buy a series s it's in stock so if you want a next gen console you can get a series s like i said if you can somehow afford or wait a little bit longer to save up for like the ps5 digital or the the full xbox series x and ps5 with a disc highly recommend it um but i understand if you if you want the next gen experience or don't have a console right now and you can afford 300 dollars, go get a series s you know, well, I mean, it's not the next gen experience if it's 30 FPS and can barely do 1080p. That's True. last gen, but it'll play next gen games. Um, just just limited. And there's a, there's a lot of people out there that don't aren't like super sensitive to visual quality like I am. And like, it's just I, I don't the like trauma, it. the trauma like, you get when it's 720p. It's horrible. Absolutely atrocious. I am very, I am very particular about both my visual and auditory um, requirements for games. Oh, you're not. Mediums. No, not at all. I've never just been sitting on your couch watching you finesse with settings to try to get it perfect. Never. Exactly. Never, never happens. Um, never. So keep that in mind. When I criticize things, keep in mind I am very picky. So just use you that just to frame taste. your reference. Got class. Yeah, you know, standards, you know? Mozzarella. But I think that is everything I had on my list to talk about today. Lots of tech news. Lots of exciting stuff. Lots of shitty stuff. Like I said, I'll have a link to the the Mark Cerny new Wired uh, video on YouTube. So if you're listening to this podcast later, make sure you go check it out. Or just go on YouTube, search Wired Mark Cerny pop up yeah it's first Guaranteed. thing that comes up even if you just google mark cerny so my boy my boy well i tried to keep my uh my stuff as short as possible i don't think we can go under an hour i think it's physically impossible <laughs> <laughs> i know that was the joke if you guys didn't know we always go over an hour so it's there's just an we, internal clock that's set to like an hour 15 and uh we can't we can't reset it <laughs> I tried. I thought I I shortened. I literally said like three words about both my games. I know, and I saw. I was watching the time, and I was like, "Wow, we are hitting tech news way earlier than we normally do." But I did say I had a lot of tech news to discuss this week. So it's only thirty minutes. We've gotten a lot longer on tech news. We some would say we've done entire episodes. 
Oh my goodness gracious. Oh my god. <laughs> so that's, that's all I got. You got anything else? Or is that it? Have a good weekend. Yeah. Go have, have a great adopt weekend. Adopt a cat. Um and I guess logistical updates. Um have some happy holidays and that kind of stuff. Uh oh yeah. We're gonna be taking a few weeks off. Um oh, your yeah? boy is getting married again. Again. <laughs> Marriage is so nice. I'm doing it twice. Um uh, for those of you who rings. aren't aware of the fact that COVID-19 is a thing, uh, we had a small elopement ceremony last year, postponed our wedding reception. Now it's finally coming around. So that's where we're going. Oliver will be there too. Can't We can't do it. Maybe we could try and do a recording at some point, like from the hotel room. Um, special custom live. Special custom live. Perhaps. From the hotel bathroom. <laughs> We'll see. It's going to be busy. It'll be last thing happens. So don't count on it. Probably be a few weeks before you hear from us again. So have some happy holidays. You'll probably hear from us at some point in December. Um, maybe. Check us out on our socials. Is that what you call them? Yeah. Yeah. Socials. <laughs> Instagram, podcast services, YouTube. Follow us, like, subscribe, notification bell, all that kind of fun stuff. And I've been very burpy. So I don't know what's going That's on. That's beautiful. There. Just breathing so much. Just like, there's <gasps> coming in. Um, but yeah, follow us on all that stuff if you want to hear more burps. And thank you guys. We'll catch you all in the next one. Juicy. Juicy. Juicy.